glad that you can join us for this really fantastic mindset and session that we've got lined up for you today. I'm not going to say too much, but I'm just going to introduce Ben Cooper to us. Give us a wave, Ben. Hello, everybody. <laughs> so Ben's joining us today to talk about his thoughts on mindset. Got some really good questions for him. We're going to have a lovely little chat. Now, if you want to um, ask Ben any questions, you can make some comments for us in the comment box, and we will try and get round to them at the end. Or if you just want to tell us how wonderful your day is going, we'd appreciate that as well. No worries. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> so we're going to get cracking. Um, so Ben, introduce yourself, tell us about your current role and also what is Waggle Teaching? Okay, so yeah, I'm Ben from Waggle Teaching. Um, I'm a vice principal by day. Um, so yeah, and I live out in Dubai. So I'm a vice principal of an international school in Dubai, um, head of teaching and learning, uh, primary school teacher. Um, and yeah, on the side, I, I run Waggle Teaching, um, which is basically a blog and vlog um, and a website where basically I share lots of teaching ideas. So, you know, Waggle is a, a word that's used quite a lot in primary schools. It sounds like what a good one looks like. And the idea is it's just short, snappy, simple ideas and great ideas that could be implemented in the classroom. Um, the, yeah, the idea really came from there's lots of PD that's all about big things, big change and implementing lots of, you know, initiatives. And, and they're all fantastic. But um, my kind of focus is that is I remember being told a lot about marginal gains and those little things and tweaks that you can make on a day-to-day -day basis. And obviously, you can't really put that into an hour's professional development, but those little things that you pick up here and there actually can make the biggest difference to your kind of teaching practice. So, and, and we don't have enough time. Times we never have enough time. So, um, so I, the idea is it's really short, simple, whether it be Instagram or Facebook, Twitter, and in these blogs and vlogs where basically I share really short, simple ideas within kind of five, 10 minute videos. Um, I just think you can take away an idea and ideally just pop it straight into your lesson plan for tomorrow morning. And, and that's the idea really of it. Um, so yeah, it started off as a, a kind of a, a blog uh, and it's now in a website and there's resources on there. And I obviously then start to do uh, vlogs as well, which are on YouTube and, and freely accessible. So um, yeah, that's basically what Waggle Teaching is. And it's Waggle Teaching, not Waggle Teacher, because again, it's nothing to do with me. I'm a vice principal, so I don't necessarily um, use all these ideas, but what I do is I see all these ideas being used by the teachers in my school and on the internet and in other schools that I visit. I get to go around Dubai and see other schools in, in practice. And so if I, I see a great idea, I go, oh, that's great. I'll pop it in, in a blog and add it to add it to something. So it's waggle teaching and, and teachers sharing their ideas, not, not just, they're not always my ideas. Yeah, and I love that that you're inspired by others, and it's like you know yeah, what I do all the time. It's just bits and pieces that you've collected along the way that you've seen others do, and thought, "Wow, that was a really great idea to share." Yeah, and sometimes the best idea is the tiniest idea, the just tiniest word or something that just makes such a difference to a lesson. And uh, yeah, I like to share those. Wonderful. Now you've mentioned that you are um, in Dubai, and. It was quite funny because you were telling me how hot it was today and you were quite looking forward yes. to winter, whereas I'm in my fleece today because it's more like January, February at the moment rather than yeah. May. It is freezing. <laughs> so yeah. what made you uh, decide yeah. that working abroad was going to be good for you? Yeah, I mean, it's not, it's a, you try and be modest when you kind of sat there and people are going, it's February, you know, it's cold and we're kind of like, it's getting a bit hot here. But um, <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, I mean, it started a long time ago. I mean, I, I went... I was went from school, second school to college to university, trained as a teacher, 
I went straight back into teaching, was absolutely loving it. But I kind of, in the back of my head, was like, I basically spent my entire life in, in education. And as, 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 as much as that's a fantastic thing, I think, um, there's obviously I wanted it. There was a little, little, little thing in my head that was like, well, what about, what, what else is there out there? And, um, and yeah, so I've been teaching three years in Dubai. I was uh, not in Dubai, in Manchester. And I was with my wife at the time and she just uh, finished an NQT year and we're kind of like, right, what, what next? And we were living there part of the time in, in, in Windermere in Manchester and Manchester and commuting between the two. And we're just like, right, well, we, let's move somewhere. And actually it was my wife, she was like, well, I'd always fancied teaching abroad and something kind of clicked to me. And I was like, yeah, do you know what? I think that might be it. It gives us an opportunity to travel. I had a few friends from university that was obviously doing the same thing. And so and so we did it. Um, and it was a lot easier than I, I thought it was to kind of go go and do it. You know, the schools in, in Dubai and, and, and international are used to getting teachers out. So they just, as soon as you, you know, you've offered a contract and you sign it, they do pretty much everything for you, provide a few documents and they, they book your flights and, you know, make it as easy as possible. And, and so we moved out six years ago on a two-year contract and I'm still in six years later, um, loving it. It's a great opportunity to travel and, and see the world. You know, Dubai is a very kind of a diverse place, but it's also surrounded by a lot of land. So you can travel to, you know, Asia and Africa and, and back into Europe as well really, really easily. Um, but also I just like, I, I really like found a love for the international context of schools, you know, teaching kids when I was, when I was in the classroom, you know, out of 25 children, 20 of them, were, there was 20 different nationalities. So gaining that experience of culture and stuff and that, that kind of melting pot of, of diversity was really enjoyable for me. So yeah, that's what I've heard about uh, Dubai from a, from a range of people, not just people that have gone out there to teach, but people that have gone out there to have a career or, or whatever it may be. And they've, they've all said that it's an amazing experience in terms of the international people that are out there. Yeah. And really appreciate that mixture of cultures and um and whatnot it's a really fantastic place to 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 work not yeah, just as I, I, you know i was a bit apprehensive at the point because you know you work at you know your public service sector that type yeah. of thing in the uk and obviously you move to a private education and and trying to get used to that is obviously there's there's difficulty and challenges but at the same time you just realize that when you're in your, in your class, you're, the, the kids are still children, you know, you're, they're full of ideas and, and the fact that they're from all over the world was just such a great experience for me. So yeah, I, re I really enjoy it and really enjoy working with those students and, and the international community with parents and, and teachers as well. It's great. Yeah, and I mean, I've known you on sort of social media for maybe yep. about 12, 18 months, something like that. And we've we've communicated via Instagram and, and Twitter and whatnot. Yeah. And what really comes across to me is that you are passionate about education, whether it be British or, you know, international education. What made you such a passionate person about teaching? What is it? Um, I just really enjoy it, really. I think I, I like, I think the things that I'm, most, I'm, I'm very passionate about teaching and learning. I like um, engagement. I like that interaction. You know, it's difficult at the moment because you're not getting that, but I, I like that interaction with students uh, and supporting them. And I think the key, the key topics for me is trying to make education relevant and keep it relevant because I think it's quite, you know, children, you know, every class, you, you know, that comes into, into your room and, and each year goes by, the children change and adapt. And I think 
the problem is, obviously, the curriculum exists and gets it gets designed, and then there's a danger of it becoming not relevant very, very quickly. Quickly, mm-hmm. and for me, trying to make learning as relevant as possible all the time is, is something that I'm very much passionate about. Engaging children, hooking them into their interest, and using what they're interested in to to really empower what happens in the classroom. Um, you know, I remember growing up, and and all the things that we were interested in always got banned, and and. You know, <laughs> yeah. Constantly, you know, you just get something. The children were really engaged in something, and, and all of a sudden, it got banned from school because it was a nuisance. But the, the problem was, is because it wasn't being used to yeah. to engage the students in the classroom. It could have quite easily been. And for me, yeah, I just want to try and make. I'm most passionate about engaging students, make things relevant and modern, the real life application, those type of things, really drive what what is really what really teaching and learning should be about and what really makes me tick I suppose yeah definitely and that's really does come across so well in in all your social media I can see that definitely so the way that we sort of started communicating was I think you published something about growth mindset Um, I can't remember there was an article or a video I'm not I can't remember now and it was my response to that that sort of got us chatting really wasn't it and so you've dabbled with mindset I'm guessing over at your school so why do you think it is so important to develop children's mindsets um I think I think really I mean I mean the the blog I think it's a blog and I think I did a video as well at the same time and and I'm I don't claim to be an expert at everything what I all I do is see things that work and you obviously can see that in the children when they engage with something you see and you kind of ask well why did that happen and why did that work why was it so successful you kind of evaluate what teachers do and you kind of go okay so this is about growth mindset and this is what's working and so I then wrote a blog obviously about how to encourage growth mindset really simply because I think so I think for there's a, a big misconception really that growth mindset as soon as people like growth mindset it's people have a misconception it's some complicated thing or it's a bit hippie and this type of thing and it's you know, I don't know it's not it's just something quite simple and actually and I find that a lot about education that there's a lot of things out there that when people say it the way that people talk about it, it sounds very complex you know like you know assessment for learning all these different things and actually they're fairly straightforward things but they get these this language tied to them and, and they get over complicated and actually confuse people and teachers and me and they confuse people about what it is and ultimately growth mindset is just about making people believe that they can achieve things and it's as simple as that but how do we do that and how do we make people believe um, you know what that they can achieve anything and and really for our students that should be the fundamentals of what education is about at no point at any part of their journey through education should we be deterring students away from something that they want to do or something that they believe they can do and it's important we we look at how the schooling system works and the day-to-day practice to make sure that growth mindset is a kind of that attitude and that approach to ensure that we don't deter students from what they want to achieve and what what they believe they can and can't do and mm-hmm. um, and that for me is re- really important so it's, it's important for our students to believe that because you know the we're talking a big particular primary of our, our youngest students who could do anything they wanted to do um at you know at any point and 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 it's important we just continue to encourage that and nurture that throughout throughout their education throughout primary school and obviously we then hand over to second school and want them to do the same um mm. 
And so it is really important because I don't think the school system is always very well set up for that. But I also think the day-to-day -day practices sometimes that we get into as teachers necessarily always support that either. So it's really important to be reflective on those little bits and things that we do every single day and ask, are we encouraging children to believe in themselves? Or what, what, what subliminal messages are we sending out to students when we when we say or do these specific things? So yeah. Um, yeah, it is really important. It should be a, a focal point in terms mm -hmm. of what to, to achieve and you say about you know how we've got to b believe in in the children and sometimes get bogged down with the day-to-day -day stuff and and for me that's somewhere where the confusion comes across sometimes. Yeah. as well as believing in them we need to sort of teach them well um i'm going to teach you how to be persistent so you can believe in yourself i'm going to teach you how yeah, to ask really in yourself i'm going to teach you how to think um work interdependently with other people so that you can believe in yourself. it's about building those life skills as well isn't it rather than yeah. just purely academic stuff yeah absolutely and, and 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 that's you know it's what it's about and and again it's 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 how it, it's that ethos isn't it really that you put into your school and your classroom that really allows those skills to come out you know we want children yeah. to be confident in their ideas but then you know, it's so easy to just when a child says something that doesn't make any sense, is that classic of, well, why did you think that? Well, that's not right. And I'm going to, mm -hmm. hang on, this has come out of this child's brain. They've decided mm -hmm. that this is the thing that they want to share with you. Whether whether you think it's right or wrong, you need to nurture that. And the way that you respond to that is very important. It's those tiny little moments throughout a day that happen over and over and over and over again, over mm -hmm. weeks, over years, that slowly chip away at that growth mindset if you're not careful. And it's really important that we reflect, reflect on those tiny little things of how we develop confidence and the skills behind mm -hmm. um, what really makes people, you know, high achievers. You know, it's, there's yeah. nothing to do with capabilities. It's all to do with opportunities and, and that, that environment that they're in. Yeah, and we, we often talk about how our opinions are not always right. What we think yeah. is, right is not always right for somebody else as well. And like you said about yeah. embracing what those those children are coming up with is, is better than us sort of poo-pooing them and, and stamping our um, ideas yeah. onto them. Um, so moving on to terms of um, what what you what can you experienced or how's the school encouraged the development of mindset? And is there anything looking back that you think actually we probably shouldn't have done that? Maybe we would have changed that next time, or is it all gone swimmingly well? <laughs> No, and 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 it still doesn't go. You know, you're never going to get it perfect because no, no one's perfect, and that's that's mm. that's the first step to a growth mindset, I suppose. Yeah. Um, but I mean, what things that we've done in our school that again still need enhancing and still need working on, and by no, by no means are perfect. But I mean, the the core foundation of what we have in our school are our, our skills. So we have what's called um, a learner profile. So the learner profile is a series of, of soft skills that kind of referred to that I suppose added together lead to things like growth mindset and mm -hmm. growth mindsets there, but also it leads to, you know, just generally leads to children being successful. Um, so we prioritize things like risk taking, teamwork, reflective learning, um, critical thinking um uh, resilience all those different things are all part of our, our the 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 learner profile and that's a visualized all over the school um and the idea is that in every single lesson one of those skills is is a part of that so in mathematics you might be learning to be a reflective learner at the same time um, 
and you might be learning to be a risk taker during your art lesson at the same time. So you're almost explicitly teaching the the skills, but also you know threading through these this risk taker attitude. And, and we're now at a point really where the children can say, "Oh, I was a I was a risk taker, and I really took a risk," or "Oh, I was a great team worker." And and we award the students are rewarded points. So our house system is all built around these skills rather than kind of success. So it's yeah. more about the process and, the, and developing those skills. So children will receive risk taker house points, or they'll receive teamwork house points, or um, reflective learner house points, etc. So um, so they're rewarded for demonstrating and working on those skills. So in an essence, they're rewarded for the process rather than outcomes. So we don't very rarely do they get house points for getting 10 out of 10 on a yeah. spellings test. Mm. So, yeah, that, that's one major thing that's part of our school that I, I suppose coincidentally is leading to children to having more of a growth mindset. Mm. And now children are more reflective on those skills and actively want to get better with them. Um, so that's been, you know, w one really great thing. We're currently trialing as well in year six and year four. Uh, in the UK, they came up with a, a learning passport, which is kind of things that they could do outside of the school um, that kind of they should do that would enrich them like roll down a hill and those type of things so we actually took that and adapted it and tied it in with this this learner profile so the students now in year five and year six have a passport that they take home that has risk taker activities and reflective learner activities and um uh, yeah and all, basically linked to all of those skills and the children tick, do those activities and they tick them off and they're all kind of fun activities that allow children to kind of do something new, give something a go, develop new experiences and, and actually hopefully discover things that they probably never had before. Mm -hmm. And so we see really that the students are really engaging that with in terms of developing those skills, but in really fun and engaging ways and broadening the horizons at the, at the same time. So we've actually called them Horizons Passports, which I think is quite a nice name for them. Yeah. Um, but like I say, it's not perfect. We're trialing it. Um, some students are engaging, some students don't engage at all. Uh, and, it, it, you know, and even throughout all of those things, there is the, still the element where we have a testing system that tests very closed kind of set of skills. Um, and trying to find that balance between the two is obviously really challenging. And our students, you know, are continually trying to find that balance between, you know, wanting to do really well on the assessments. Um, in Dubai, you get assessed every year. You kind of have a, a we use the GL test, uh, which is a great way of tracking the progress of the you know those core core skills of maths and English. But but in terms of that growth mindset of success, um, trying to trying to manage that balance between the two is is is, is a challenge at times. But also you know it's also important to, for children to realise that that is the challenge throughout your entire life. You know, you try and do things, but there will be setbacks and you will have challenges and yeah. you will get asked. To, tests and do this and do that but it's that you know that's all part of the learning process i suppose yeah i love that how you've you've got all those skills and you're not just segregating them to um like a pshe lesson or you know well yeah. week or whatever it's it's embedded in the curriculum into every single thing that you do and you know if um you can be a risk taker in any subject which means it's accessible to everybody doesn't it you know it's it's yeah. not um, pigeonhole any students at all it's open to everybody to take part in which yeah and that's the idea and 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 you know that's the ideal that it's in every single lesson and it's probably not you know it's, it's really difficult to put yeah. it into every single lesson yeah, all the yeah. time but over the years and as the children move through the school they'll be exposed constantly to these this language and this this focus and and so hopefully we'll develop those skills along the way 
And I also like the fact that you've, you know, you've mentioned about this Horizons uh, passport, did you, did you call it? And it, yeah, yeah. Um, it, you've said I'm tr we're trialing it, which tells me a lot about the school as well in, in which you work in terms of you're not scared of trying new things. You're passionate about achieving a goal. And if it doesn't work, that you'll go back to the drawing board and tweak it, change it, and which is great rather than just dumping it or forgetting about it or it's about tweaks and changes and until it fits isn't it and, and I, I love that yeah, idea. Totally. yeah and we're getting that feedback from so we're trying it in year five in year six and year four and we're getting feedback from parents about what type of challenges are manageable we're trying to make them not uh, inexpensive so got, uh, there's no cost tied to the challenges um and what's manageable manageable for the students as well and, and, and trying to get all that feedback you know, we're in a very fortunate position here in Dubai. We have are in a large school. We've got a lot of staff members, so we have lots of people who could take on these little roles, roles and lead on these things. But also, we're part of a, a company that that is much wider than that, so we get a lot of support there as well. I imagine trying to do these things in a small small primary school in the UK is a bit more challenging. But yeah, I think constantly having at the end of the day to have a growth mindset in our, in our students we have to have a we have to demonstrate model that as, as staff members as well and think that we can try new things and and mm -hmm. also accept when it doesn't go well and reflect on it and adapt it and and that's really important as well absolutely just about role modeling those skills to the students yeah. and it's unconsciously done isn't it and they pick up on little subtle cues so that's great to hear that so <laughs> in terms of success stories is there some like a maybe moment that either you've had personally with a child with a friend that you've just like got oh my god ah! <laughs> with in terms of developing mindsets or anything i think um i think for i mean for me as a teacher i mean my last year of teaching when i was in year six out here um i, I again a student who had come from a, a more traditional school uh, in the uae and he really found um creativity quite difficult in terms of trying to even so much reason like, i will write me a story have a look at the picture what you're going to write about first and just really you just want to, me to say tell me to write like tell me what what sense to write and i'll write it for you mr cooper um and and i was, I was absolutely adamant i was like no i'm not telling you what what to write in your first sentence and and sitting there and talk trying to coax it out of him and and it took a long, long time, you know, a couple of months to really build his confidence up and strategies of how he could develop an approach, kind of a more open-ended task in terms of trying to get him to write and, and trying to get him to think of his own ideas and, and not being afraid of getting it wrong. Um, and I'd love to say there was one magical thing that I, I did, and it, it wasn't even me, but you know single-handedly, but you know, he, he started doing things like ECAs and he'd do like ukulele club, and then next minute he was um, kind of auditioning for a, one of the, the minor roles in the school performance. And then, you know, he was then writing a bit more in class and he was doing it slowly over, you know, many months and, and actually over a year or so, he slowly came out. And we're, I, I work in a through school, so we're in primary school. And, and now, I, you know, a couple of years later, I'm, a, I'm, a, I'm, a, I'm one of the management team, but I see him wandering around the secondary school and he's confident. He's a bit cocky as well. He's got a sense of humour, and he's really come out of himself. And, and and like I said, I would love to say that that was that was all me. And I, I, I like to think that I played a, a little bit of a part. But I think that ethos that I talk about of the, of the school of of giving, providing children with opportunities to broaden the horizons, to put them out that side of a comfort zone, actually fed into what 
he was doing in the classroom and his, and his personality and his, you know everything that he was afraid of doing he was then realized that actually well i can just go and do ukulele club and give it a go and it doesn't matter because everybody's a, a beginner and then that kind of mentality hopefully flowed back into the classroom and and i think you know it's, it's great to be able to see him now where he's you know he's confident and he's you know he's really really succeeding in secondary school which which i'm really happy to see um, so yeah, so I think that's a perfect example of how you know growth mindset can impact on students' well-being and 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 development. And that's important what you said there about how it wasn't just like an overnight thing. It wasn't it wasn't a ta-da. It was it really nope. was a gradual process, wasn't it? And yep. and for me, when I've been researching mindset, and it's come under a lot of scrutiny. It's come under a lot of criticism in in the UK because. It, when it came out three years ago, we we had a go, but then it was it didn't work, so we've left it now, and um, we don't do it anymore. It's been a bit like that, and 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 that's really important because it isn't a quick fix. And, and we were talking about this before off air, and we we're talking about like, these quick wins that we like and and things like that. And it, it isn't like that at all. It is a journey, isn't it? And something that's yeah. developing over time, which is really important. Why you have that culture across your school, so that when yeah that boy's moving from class to class, he's experiencing the same culture, isn't he, rather than this roller coaster ride. Yeah, that's the idea. And, you know, yeah, he'll, he'll experience that culture and the ethos and the other students around him are part of that as well. You know, it's, it's every day. And, and that, like I talked about, I can't remember where it was on air or just before when we talked about, you know, yeah, that little thing that happens on that on, on one day, but if it happens over and over and over again, just that two-second little thing, that just has that subliminal message of positivity or growth growth mindset over you know a month and over two months and over a year and over the whole journey throughout primary school that will build up and amount to so much mm. likewise if you're demonstrating modeling and yeah. a negative mindset that over repeated over a long period of time slowly chips away at it and 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 that's why I'm an advocate for like marginal gains and, and doing what is the smallest thing that you can do that will have the ultimately the biggest impact in the future. And it's not some crazy overhaul of the curriculum where you throw in, throw away this and you chuck this and you do this and you do that. It's like, like, what's that one thing that I can do every single day slightly better that will, will, will add, add over a long period of time to, to, add to, to benefit the students basically. And, and hopefully that's what I try and achieve in everything that viral teaching is about. But yeah. I think for growth mindset, that's really important. Yeah, I know we're not, we've not got a couple of questions left, but I'm just looking at the comments and we've got some that are, that are just feeding yeah. in really nicely. So Gail's, I think Gail's can work at your school because um, she's loving what's going on and loving this idea of implementing these skills throughout the curriculum. And it's not just, and especially the reward system and you reward yeah. the, the learning process rather than, than the success they're having. But Louise's question um, actually is my next question, which is, um, you know, if we're wanting to go on this journey, if we're wanting to start developing growth mindset in our schools, I've asked for my top five tips um, Louise is just saying, how do we get started? So top five tips would be good. How do we get started? Yeah, and it's it's a tricky thing. I think I've got I've got some top tips that I've seen in schools, but I would also recommend that really, I, in terms of um, trying to work the way the word it, in terms of trying to make it like get started in your classroom, I think it's important that you do kind of evaluate whether that's you or somebody else of just go right how does this classroom promote a, a growth mindset and how does this classroom um 
you know, not promote growth mindset and having somebody come in and just sit and watch or watching yourself or, or just thinking, you know, evaluating as you go through a lesson and think about the little, every single tiny little thing that you do and, 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 and say, right, if a child hears that or sees that or, or is involved with that, is that promoting a, a growth mindset or not? Um, so one of my tips, and I say this quite a lot, I think I've said it on every live session that I've been in previously, is things like a simple thing is the cl classic, you know, as a teacher and everybody does it. This isn't, I'm not digging into teachers. Everybody, you know, I, I still do it. You kind of say, right, you ask for an answer. You say, what is the answer? Can anyone tell me what the answer is to this question? And your students put your hand, their hands up and, and they have a go. And then, but there will be some students, who, what you're saying is, is what is the answer to the question? So if you don't know what the answer to the question is, the chances are you're probably not going to put your hand up. Whereas if you swap it over, and there's lots of different ways of doing it, but say, um, what might the answer to the question be? Have a guess. Um, then all of a sudden, it's that little subtle twist of, hang on a minute, I'm a student. I don't know what the answer is, but I think I might know what the answer is. So I might give it a go. And yeah, that might seem such like a small thing. And, and I, know, I know already when you're saying like, oh, you're changing language of this, it's just a change of language. But again, if you say that, if you change that every single day for the rest of the year, you know, for, for the rest of your teaching career, and that child goes through every single class in that school hearing what might the answer be, have a guess, have a go, then over a period of time, they'll be coaxed out and they'll really start to go, okay, I'll give it a go. And then of course it matters of how you respond to that question because when the child does get it wrong because they're giving it a guess, you go, well done, that's a fantastic effort. Can you explain what you're thinking about and continue with us in that way? You're congratulating students on giving it a go. And again, that subtle change of language that we use on a day-to-day -day basis so that can potentially have such a big impact on the students in your in your lessons and over this the period of their schooling life within your primary school or secondary school whatever it might be could have actually quite a big difference on how successful they are um you know it's that marginal gain you change that one percent and if you change a hundred things by one percent you've evolved your practice by a hundred percent um and that's you know one 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 thing that i would really focus in on um also things like just idea generation um so things like just in the in in the morning get the children to come in and be a bit silly really uh, so you know the classic question of uh, how many how many uses can you find for a paper clip it's a great one doesn't matter what the answers are even if it's really bizarre just get the children to, um, to generate ideas because it's great to cre for creativity but it's also building the confidence as we talked about of believing in yourself and your ideas even if it's silly that starting point for a primary children believing that they have an idea that's worthwhile is really important and so you can you can change it up you know how many how many how many uses do you have for a block of cheese whatever you like it doesn't really matter about the question what matters is that children have an opportunity to generate and have the confidence to share ideas and also the fear of not getting it wrong because it's a daft question the sillier you make it the less the, there's no wrong answers you know so i think idea generation and giving children opportunity to share ideas no matter how bizarre they are um is a great first step of just allowing children to build their confidence with their own ideas um yeah so that's that's I suppose that's top tip two um top tip three i've popped down here actually 
um, is obviously feedback. And obviously that kind of links to the first one in terms of um, the language that we use. Obviously when the children have submitted their answers and the, and the feedback they should receive is they focus on the, the journey rather than the outcome. So even if a child gets it wrong, you say, fantastic, great effort. Thank you for sharing that with me. Um, and in their work, you know, when we're feeding back to students, if you're marking or you're giving verbal feedback or whatever it might be, always talking about the, the effort that they've put in, whether they've been risk takers or they've been reflective or they've had really worked hard on that. It's about the process, not the outcome, um, because that's really just going to say to students and tell them that, you know, it doesn't matter what outcome, even if you can work as hard as you like. And you're going to get re recognised for that, regardless of the outcome. And I think that's that's really important. I know there's a, I can't remember the, I can't remember, I can't quote. I know there's a study on that that's all about, um, you know, children being rewarded based upon their outcome or the process. And if the children were were asked to, um, were, were were praised on the process, were more likely to challenge themselves uh, uh, with a more difficult challenge later on they weren't afraid of not getting it right because they just were being praised on the process and yeah. uh, whether the children were being praised on the outcome feared getting something more difficult in case they didn't receive that 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 yeah that's a big one so you know if we're praising children oh well done you got 20 out of 20 on your mental mass test in year one that's great but they might fear then that when they go to year two what happens if they don't get 20 out of 20 on the mental mass test whether it's your praising child well done you got two out of 20 you worked really really hard on this mental mass test i know you've tried so hard and you've been working really hard on those two questions doesn't really matter they're, they're going to receive that praise all the time then they won't worry about you know, moving to the next year group because if they, they're confident that they're still working hard and they're get, getting that feedback on their process, then, you know, then, you know, you're really going to encourage them and they're going to continue to work hard and challenge themselves. And eventually they, they will be getting, you know, 10 out of 20, 20 out of 20, hopefully in the future, but they will have no fear. And that's, that's key. Yeah. We used yeah. to say, especially with spelling tests, if there was a 20 out of 20, We'd always say, I'm really sorry, you've got 20 out of 20, that's amazing, but I haven't challenged you enough. I need to give you something a bit more challenging no. next time. Like, no. I always apologise, really, because we want their brain to be working and developing all the time. And then those children that um, were maybe getting 10 out of 20, um, we'd work on what we call progress points. So they would start on zero, whatever they got. So say they got... Uh, four out of 20 on the first week so, so it was zero at the moment next week they get six out of 20 so we say well you've got two progress points that's amazing yeah. still putting the effort in but they're still making progress as well yeah and if someone's got 15 out of 20 and next week they get 17 they've still got two progress points so that sort of competition in terms of how clever am i and where do i fit in almost disappears yeah. Yeah, you as a learner, and what am I doing as a learner? I'm making progress. Yeah, absolutely, yeah. And you have to explain that to the parents as well. You know, you get parents like, oh, I'm really worried they're getting they're getting 15 out of 20 on this test. And they said, look, if they were getting 20 out of 20 on every test, they wouldn't be learning. We wouldn't yeah. be doing our job. You know, we're not doing our job if they are constantly getting, you yeah. know, full marks. So you have, to, you have to tell that to the parents. You have to share that with the parents as well. Yeah. Um, Sorry, I've stopped your mid-flow. Are we on number four? No, it's good. no, like I say, it's really good. Like I say, when I, when I do my vlogs, I'm just speaking to a camera. So I'm, I used to get just speaking on my own. 
Um, when we do live things, I have to I have to kind of slow down, and, and sometimes I feel like I'm just talking. So it's good to have these like breaks and. Oh, <laughs> Um, yeah, so yeah, I, the fourth tip, I suppose, um, and I, I wrote this in my blog actually, um, was was purposely plan to make mistakes yourself as a teacher, um, because it, first of all, the kids absolutely love it. They absolutely love pulling you up when you make a mistake. You know, as soon as you make a spelling mistake or you do something silly, they're like, "Oh, Mr. Cooper, you've done it wrong." They're all like, they're all laughing at each other. But the reason why they love it is because they suddenly realise that you're just like them, and it's really important um, that 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 they realise that. And doing that on purpose is is even better because you can you can play on that, and there's lots of levels to it. But first of all, you know, in terms of children identifying misconceptions and testing like the depth of knowledge of students, if you're making the common misconceptions, the common mistakes that the children might make. Then they're really understanding why that's a misconception and, and, and suppose on a teaching level in terms of the, the, the understanding of students and depth of knowledge that's really a really powerful way of deepening children's understanding by making those misconceptions but in terms of growth mindset what you're also showing students is that um you know that that, that everybody makes mistakes and it's okay and actually what you what's really important is is planning to make mistakes but then modeling how to overcome uh, those mistakes to recognize oh i've made a mistake hmm, you know you're, you're looking around because hmm, what can i do now to figure yeah. out how do i resolve this you know a spelling mistake oh i'm not sure whether this word's spelled right what what can i do tell you what natasha can you go and get me the uh, dictionary we'll have a quick flick through and you get it out and you're modeling yes when you know you you fail and you make a mistake but you're modeling how to overcome those little mistakes yeah. And doing that all the time and throwing them in there, one, is hilarious. Two, it deepens children's understanding of, of what to do. But also in terms of growth mindset, you're modeling that mistakes is okay as long as you know how to overcome them and, and correct yourself at a later date and showing that resilience, I suppose, of, 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 of challenging yourself and, and getting better at things. And so, having a bit of fun is always good, isn't it? Because sometimes children do take mistakes really seriously. Yeah. And, you know, we talk about mountain molehill and sometimes, you know, mistakes should be taken really seriously. But then other times it's it's not the end of the world. And having that bit of fun and banter about it and yeah. Like, okay, yeah, you, you can have a laugh about it. It's yeah. all right. and, yeah. and, you know, I've also heard one teacher say, you know, there's something wrong with your work. And the child goes, what? And you go, there's, there's no mistakes in it. And the child goes like this and you know and then it opens up a really good conversation because then the student kind of goes well what do you mean that's perfect you know there's nothing wrong with it like, you've not challenged yourself enough i'm afraid because it's it's not going to be mistakes in it. Yeah. go and go and go and try and use this but i want this to be some form of mistake you know i want them to be i want there to be an error in it because it means that you've challenged yourself and just having you know that's yes right. it's said to me when the kids laugh at it but it, it gives it sends the right message to the students as well yeah i love that um and then, and then the other one really that I'm speaking, I'm just um, looking at my notes was obviously talk, talking, I think building on that is also talking about mistakes and what happened, you know, when you were driving to work, what did you forget? You know, talk about those things, which ties in with the previous point. Um, but I think also just, yeah, talking about what you found difficult in your school as well, you know, what did you find really challenging in terms of when you were at school and putting it back into the context because again there's a 
perception, I think, with children, with teachers and stuff, you know, people in school that, oh, you're the teacher, so you know everything, you didn't find things difficult. And I suppose having your identity as a person and sharing that with the students, you know, I always used to, I found spellings really difficult. Um, and actually English was probably my least favorite subject, um, even though now I kind of write blogs and vlogs and, you know, yeah. all this kind of but, and I used to just open up and, and, and they used to go, oh, Mr. Cooper, you, you, you always find spellings really difficult. And and that was a way of just showing them that everyone has these challenges and everyone has certain areas of the curriculum that they find really difficult, certain areas that they find, you know, a bit more, you know, easier or less challenging. And I think trying to have that show that personality and that identity is really important. And also, regardless of learning, when you're having a tough day, just come in and tell the children that you're, oh, I've, you know, I've, sorry guys, I'm feeling a bit, bit, you know, diff, you know, a bit down today because this has happened and I'm a bit tired. You know, this someone woke me up and you know all this type of thing. And just having those, you don't think of too many details, but just the children acknowledge that you're a human being. Mm -hmm. You find things difficult, um, and and yeah, just modelling, I suppose, being a human being. And mm -hmm. I think acknowledging that and not being afraid of that. I think teachers sometimes are afraid of letting their guard down mm -hmm. because all of a sudden the children will be, you know, Take playing them. around, messing around, and, and playing around with it. But I do think you know there is you know you want to let your guard down a little bit so that you can see that you're a, a human being and you do have good days and you have bad days and you make mistakes and things don't go right you're just modeling that you you get on with it and you try your best and, and if things go wrong then you you know you show you, you're positive about it you accept it you acknowledge it and off you go and yeah. you know, i also tell talk to te teachers about not being afraid of apologizing and not being afraid of saying sorry because you know, you do make a mistake, you know, someone's talking in a class and you talk, you know, you tell them off and actually realise you've got the wrong person. That That's okay. And then you just go and apologise and say, you know what, actually, I made a mistake there. All those little, again, subliminal messages, not being afraid of showing your human side as a teacher will ultimately benefit the students as well because they'll, they'll empathise with you, but also realise that they also human beings and so sometimes then you hopefully get to a point where the students come in and say miss cooper i've had a bit of a bad bad afternoon bad morning you know i woke up late and i did this and then i don't know the, the dog at my breakfast you know all this type of thing and, and just having those conversations you know and 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 building up that relationship where students are afraid aren't afraid to say you know i'm not feeling great today i'm feeling a bit down you know you know i'm having a bit of a difficult day afternoon that you know, that's perfectly okay. We're all human beings, and, and getting children to understand that that you do have closed mindset days, as you, you know you wrote about, and growth mindset days, and days where you don't want to do it, and days where you do want to do it. It's mm -hmm. it's all part of that journey, you know. And you spend so much time with these kids that they will have these times, and you will have these times. And having that relationship is really important, I think. What's come out in your, your five tips there is about creating this culture in your classroom or indeed in your school about this safe place to learn. That You know, it, yeah. it, this is a place where I'm going to judge you, where I'm going to laugh at you. Uh, everyone's on the same side, and it's about that building that trust and the relationship, like you say, between yourself yeah. and the children, but also between the children as a collective, isn't it, and building that their relationship rather than it being this competitive who's the best who yeah. ranks the best in math who ranks the best in english or whatever it may be and it, it's breaking down those barriers isn't it which is a real fundamental i think it's fundamental when you're trying to develop your growth mindset classroom yeah 
And I don't think, like I say, I think I, I think people say, right, growth mindset, how are we going to implement it in school? And they expect like a, a model that you kind of go, right, mm -hmm. here we go. It's like a, you know, an IKEA kit that you get out and you put together and you put it in, in place. And to me, it's it should be more uh, natural, more, you know, organic. And it's about those little things, you know, hopefully what I've said is nothing. You can do all of those tomorrow. Mm -hmm. you, well, you know, when, when we're back in school, you know, um, but you know, you can tomorrow, you can jump on if you zoom in or you're in your work or whatever, you can say, you know, well, rather than what is the answer, what might the answer be, make a suggestion to me, you know, you can um, create a little activity where it's just like, well, we're going to be silly, we're going to come up with our own ideas of, you know, all the uses for paper clicking, come up with bizarre ideas, I'm going to give house points for the most strangest idea, um, you know, I can give feedback and say, well, you know, well done for your effort. You tried really hard with that. All these things are almost resource free. And it's just about the language that you use. Um, and that to me is what growth mindset is about. It's not about putting in a whole curriculum and pop purposefully putting time in, you know, it's that well-being, you know, you can't you can't just put a well-being program in for teachers and make everybody happy because happiness isn't about putting programs in it's about the ethos and those little bits and pieces that happen on a day-to-day -day basis and growth mindset is exactly the same absolutely oh it's been really interesting but i've just got one last question for you um yeah. in terms of what what's the future for, for you and, and where waggle teaching's going who knows? Who knows? Um, I think I'm just taking Waggle teachings obviously aside. I think I, what I tend to do is I we're looking at doing things in school. I use Waggle teaching in blogs and, and blogs as a bit of a diary to come up with ideas of what I've seen and piecing together. I want to continue to write, you know, blogs and continue building that bank of of kind of write uh, you know articles up. And the vlogs as well so they're always there because the video library people to drop in on so if they do want some quick tips of how to develop growth mindset in the school they can click on the video it's 10 minutes long it's there i've also added those youtube clips into a podcast it's it's identical so don't watch the video and then go and listen to it on the podcast because it's the same <laughs> clip i've just just no video with it but i know some people might want to listen to it in the car trying to make things as easy as possible for people to access so that's kind of the vision of waggle teaching but with the idea of trying to get a few more teachers involved, because I know like you've written a, a, a follow-up article on, on the closed mindset and getting friendly with that and trying to get more teachers involved in, 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 the, in the blogging of that. So I know if any viewers are, are interested in, in writing, sharing some simple ideas, then happily you know, take people on and um, to, to just share their ideas. Um, and then especially in this time as well, I am looking at potentially doing like small webinars that focus in on some of these things and just unpick it a little bit more. Mm. Again, trying to focus on, it's not about implementing new ideas and curriculums. It's hopefully sharing some, some ideas that can just be t taken, picked and implemented, you know, immediately. Um, so I am looking at that because I know at the moment there's lots of teachers out there that are perhaps at home and going into schools and, and, we, it's important. I, I like the idea of you know investing time to support teachers' professional development because I do think it's really important. But it also has to be manageable. You know, teachers can't afford all the time to go off on days of PD and and go off to to all these you know the, these events because it costs money for schools, it costs money for teachers sometimes, and it's very time consuming. And we know as teachers, we don't have 
a great deal of time, spare time to invest in ourselves. So hopefully by potentially looking at options of how I can do like, you know, short, you know, our webinars where teachers can log on and just just dedicate a little bit of time to themselves, really. Um, hopefully, you know, that'd be something that I'm quite interested in looking at over the next few months, particularly while this all this crazy world is is happening. I think it'd be it'd be a good good thing to look into. Sounds all very exciting. Just remind us, Ben, what's your website if people want to find out more? Yeah, so it's www.waggleteaching.com. So that's fairly straightforward. And I'm on Facebook, I'm on Instagram, Twitter, um, and, then, and then YouTube, which again is uh, youtube.com forward slash waggleteaching, and all the videos are on there, freely available. I try and make things, well, all my resources and everything are, are free to teachers completely. Um, yeah, it's it's yeah, it's all freely available, which is hopefully my vision behind it is trying to make it as accessible as possible for teachers um, across the world. You know, I work with within within the within the schools that I work with. We have Indian curriculum schools and and um, American curriculum schools and international curriculum schools and a whole range of different international schools within Dubai. So I try and make it as accessible for all. All, all our teachers across the world, not just UK-based as well. So, um, yeah, please check it out. And, uh, yeah, hopefully people, you know, take bits away from what, what's on there. Well, you can take it from me. There's some really good stuff on there that's that's going to be useful. Okay. It's things that you can just pick up and um, and take into your classroom the very next day. Um, so we're not, we're not uh, reinventing the wheel, are we? It's just little bits oh, that you yeah. can try, which is great. So absolutely yeah thanks so much ben it's been an absolute pleasure talking to you digitally so it's been great um we are going to be having another couple of guests in the next few weeks we'll be advertising those through our web page we hope you found it really useful today and like ben says if you want to get in touch with him or find out any more of his ideas have a look at his website Follow him on all the uh, social media platforms. Or indeed, if you've got any questions for myself and Liz about today's conversation, please don't hesitate to get in touch with us. So thank you very much again, Ben, for joining us. And I look forward to speaking with you again soon. Yeah, you too. Thank you very much. It's been bye. really enjoyable. Thank you. See you. Bye.